welcome to the Momgasm Podcast. Blending motherhood, self-connection, sensuality, and pleasure. Normalizing what it means to be a mother and a sexual being. Welcome back to another episode of the Momgasm Podcast. This week, we have a special episode, our very first guest submission with Haley McPhee. We often think of marriages as ending in a happily ever after or disastrous divorce, a this or that narrative. But what might happen when you uncover your queerness in the midst of a heteronormative relationship with one of your best friends? This is Haley's story of uncovering her truth, having the courage to choose herself and the journey that eventually led to the end of her marriage and the beginning of something new. In this episode, we talk about polyamory as practice and theory, the benefits of publicly coming out via social media, conscious uncoupling, and so much more. Get ready to have your heart blown wide open with this one. Enjoy. Oh, fuck. Are we actually recording? Uh, we are actually recording now. Welcome Amazing. If you want to tell the origin story, you can definitely tell the origin well, story. I, I, I just fucking, we were telling it and now it's just I think, so hard. I think we found each other online. Yes. You reached out to me and I remember you were like, you got hard stuff. I got, I hard, got stuff. hard stuff. Okay, when you're like saying hard stuff, I'm thinking of love like hard, hard drugs. <laughs> heart. Heart. <laughs> I totally thought for the last five minutes you guys have been saying hard. We should have kept Hard talking. stuff. <laughs> it would have been better. Out of context. I was like, damn, what were you guys up to back in 2013? That was, was that? It was 2013. That's Holy when I worked shit. At, yeah, that's when I worked at East Coast Outfitters and I was, I took you and the yeah. other Lindsay kayaking you convinced me to get in a kayak because i told you my horrible story Mm -hmm. about getting lost in the arm stranded in the arm at like 11 years old on a kayak alone (laughs) no it was not funny there was tears there was pretty boys in the class there was i was scarred for life i think i was actually 13 it was more traumatic because i was like puberty hard puberty moment and like it was in a period of my life where like boys became very important for me yeah so we made it our mission to turn kayaking around. We did. And, and we make did it that. a great day. Oh, okay. And we went out to this crystal blue cove, I think, the white sandy beach. Mm-hmm. Spent the day giggling about everything that we could talk about. The other Lindsay was there. Lindsay, paramedic Lindsay. Yep. It was an amazing day. It was a great day. It was a great day. And then I remember that we were back mm. returning the boats. And I think we like just decided to take off our clothes. Yep. And it was awesome. Yes, because we didn't we swim? Everyone swam. <laughs> it was so good. It was so good. It was delightful. We just jumped off the docks. It was fantastic. So, like, taking off clothes, are we talking about, like, full-on nudity? No. Uh, no. Okay. Oh. No. There, there were, were onlookers. Guys. There were other people there. Oh, okay. <laughs> that <laughs> wouldn't stop Lindsay now. <laughs> uh, true. True. Then, different story. Different, different story. Different story. <laughs> Now I'd be like, fuck it, look or don't. Yeah, right? <laughs> Tip me if you me. want. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love that about you. That's <laughs> like, where was I? The other day, I was somewhere. And I bent over. I think it was, I think it was Sanctuary at Fiends. 
Yeah. I bent over and I don't remember if I had a bra on. I think this was the first sanctuary. Were you no, wearing the romper? It was the last one. Oh. But I bent over. It was either that or the circle. Anyway, I bent over and I was I think I said I went to say sorry if if like my boobs fall out and then I was like, or you're welcome. <laughs> I think I remember you saying that at the first sanctuary because I remember you were in a romper, you had no bra and you were bending over and like that's what exactly what you said to everybody. And we we're like, yeah, okay, it's cool. I'm it's sure fun. I'm sure it's something that I just has become normal vocabulary. It's just a catchphrase for, for you. I'm yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to apologize. Like, sorry if you, if you are upset by this, but you're welcome if you're not. Lindsay's boobs are frequently almost falling out. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That needs to be on a t-shirt. <laughs> that exact thing. That catchphrase? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I like that. I'm sorry if my boobs fall out. Or you're welcome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Would 100% buy that tote bag. Right? I like that. Yeah. I was, that like, well, bag, yeah. I was like, well, my response Good. is going to depend how you feel about it. Really? <laughs> maybe it's the best. Maybe I just made your day. Absolutely. I, my day would be made if I walked by and somebody's boobs just fell out. I'd be like, whoa, this is a great day. I feel like I also would feel right. I'd just be like, nipple flash in solidarity. Yeah. Just like, yes. Right. And it's, it would be even different if like the person was like owning it. They were like, oh, my boobs are out. That's eh, not a big deal. I'd be like, yeah, not a big fucking deal. I love you. I would be so happy if I caught that. I feel that. Right. I feel that way. Right, that's where I am now. I was not there in 2013, though. Was, not, no, no, no. It was like that was the era of my life where, like, I only just started taking off my clothes mm. and like taking photos with less clothing. Yeah. So it was a big, it was a big deal. But I was so stoked that we got together, and then here we are, however many years later, talking about heart stuff. Hard talking stuff. about all kinds of stuff. Hard stuff. Let's talk about the hard stuff. I keep thinking that's what you guys are saying. Hard stuff. No. So we both we both have a heart condition. Different heart conditions. Mm-hmm. But we both. That's what we bonded. Oh. That's okay. How we, that's how we met one another. Oh. What's your heart condition? My heart condition is uh, SVT. And the last time I was on a podcast, it was Sick Boy. And I was oh, talking no about this exact thing. Oh, no way. <laughs> when were you on Sick Boy? Uh, I think it was 2017 or 2018. I did an episode with them on oh, SBT. No way. Yeah, it was really we'll cool. We'll have to link it to this episode. Be like, hey. I threw in a music and lyrics. If anyone remembers that movie, the rom-com with Hugh Grant and Drew Barrymore. Oh, yeah. So the episode is called Pop Goes My Heart. Ah. <laughs> Yes, that's brilliant. That's great. I like that. <laughs> I remember you posting about this, and I think I listened to maybe like fifteen-ish minutes, and then life took over. As it life does. took over, yeah, but as it usually does. No, I'm excited to like go back and listen. Yeah. So yeah, we have vastly different heart conditions, but we do. It very, brought us together. <laughs> very different, but it did. It did bring us together. Oh, your hearts bringing you guys together. That's oh. a lovely, lovely story. Not our uh, hard ones. <laughs> not, not the hard stuff. Not the hard stuff. <laughs> the heart stuff brought you together to do the hard stuff together, Aww. which would fuck up your hearts even more. So <laughs> I hope that's not how that happened. Say no to drugs. <laughs> or maybe yes. Your choice. <laughs> 
sorry or you're everything welcome. in moderation that's what um, i always say check with your doctor this is not a recommendation thank you yeah disclaimer um, yeah that's good disclaimer good good disclaimer. you're always very responsible with the disclaimers i never think about disclaimers I, I just go right into telling people to do drugs I, and this is this is why we're a team yeah right there has to be balance but yeah right yeah Jesus. there always has to be balance so we're not here to talk about hard stuff. No, or hard stuff. Well, yeah, kind of hard stuff. Yeah. I imagine there's not a lot the, of hard yeah, stuff Okay, different involved. hard stuff. Yeah, different hard stuff. <laughs> of the non-drug variety. <laughs> but maybe, maybe there, there was is. drugs involved. Maybe you're involving drugs. I don't know. We'll get to that. <laughs> okay, great. Love when we talk about drugs. Um... <laughs> This is going to be a good conversation. This is going to be great. This is like first time back in the rodeo in a while, doing it in person. I'm about to bleed. My brain is soup. Poop soup. Maybe poop soup. Yeah. It's good. Well, let's start off by introducing ourselves. I'm Sarah, for everyone who might be tuning in for the first time. I'm Lindsay. I don't often talk like that. Well, no, I kind of do. Sometimes you do. I it's pretty hot. I do. Lean into oh. it. Oh, should I just do this the whole episode? I'm here for this. <laughs> Every much. time you talk like this, I'm like, Lindsay, I'm here for this. <laughs> too Keep much it commitment. up. <laughs> too much for yeah. Too much commitment right now. I can't. I can't. Okay. And segue. And I'm Haley. <laughs> Yay, Haley. <laughs> what was that? That was that's like one of those like, okay, this is a throwback. Does anybody remember the fucking tape decks that you could buy for your birthday that had your name on it? Ooh. This is like a relic. This was like a thing. It was like a whole like audio show. If you are a listener and you remember this shit, you have to email us. I don't us remember this at all. At momgasmpodcast at gmail.com and let me know. Because I remember when like names on everything was the thing. Oh, yeah. Big thing. Oh, and, yeah. Like my name was never on anything. Really? Lindsay's no. a pretty common name. Yeah. EY. EY. Uh, EY. There was not very many eight Ys. It was. It was that's weird because I only know A Ys. I don't. I think I know. I don't know if I know any E Ys. Anyway. Anyway. Back to your awesome story. There were tape decks that yeah. were for your name, and it was supposed to be this like special, like oh my god, it's a fucking thing that was made for me. Yeah. And I, my one of my best friends at the time had one, and I was so disgustingly jealous <laughs> because I did not have one for me. <laughs> anyway. Okay, when you say tape deck, do you mean like a tape uh, like cassette? A, like a cassette. What? Like a cassette that you would play in your Walkman or like oh. your... And you'd be able to like record your own music on it. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Everybody erased them at some point and right. made a mixtape with them. Yeah. Okay, so it came preloaded with audio. Yeah. What? And it was like, it, they had these stupid happy birthday songs on them. And it was like, and it had happy birthday and it had your name in it. Mm. Oh my gosh! Wow. Anyway, that that it felt like that moment to wow. me. This whole like I don't have this memory at all. Yay! Sorry, I can move my leg no, too. No, if you're you, fine. Okay. You're fine. Let, let me know if I need to. Anyway, thank you, Haley, for being here. Thank I'm you. so excited to get into the hard stuff tonight. <laughs> thank you for having me. I think we know what this episode's called? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's no alternative. <laughs> unless you come up with another clever song story musical thing oh fuck guys (laughs) (sighs) folks i'm I'm fried it's all right it's all right it's all right um 
But you are our first guest who actually reached out to the podcast and filled out our public guest form. By the way, great form. Yeah, thank you. Besides only being able to do numbers for your name. Have we fixed that? Fuck, I didn't even know that was an issue. It's an issue. (laughs) There's numbers for your name. I I think I messaged Lindsay as I was doing it. (laughs) All right, well... Thanks for getting past the numbers for name. And uh, yeah, I'm really excited because we've only had three people uh, fill out the public guest forms. And we're hoping that more people will start to hop on this bandwagon and we can get some some more interviews happening because we're always saying we want everyone to reach out to us, email mm. us, let us know what's mm. going on. If you have a question, we want to talk about it and we want to hear your stories. So I'm really excited to finally sit down and hear your story. Cause we've yeah. been talking about this for a little while. And it's, I, one of the reasons that I'm really excited to talk about this specifically and why I got so excited when you reached out initially mm. is because literally like within like a week of you coming and and like inputting your info into our form <laughs> your number yeah. gave us your digits sure did <laughs> uh we ended up having a conversation happen within the den which is our kind right. of private open it's private but it's come hither yeah facebook group mm. and essentially kind of talking about navigating a similar thing to your story so I, I it just felt so serendipitous that this is happening when it's happening hmm. and it feels like it's a conversation that's a bit self-propelling mm-hmm. I've had a similar experience uh, since uh, my story happened where I've had I think seven people approach me in private and engage me in a similar conversation about what's going on in their life and it looks it's mirroring mine exactly Mm. whoa really yeah yeah because didn't you post in the momgasm den about it it was somebody else it was somebody else and yeah it happened right around the time that you filled out the form and Lindsay, you messaged me. And you're like, we got to interview her. This is a really interesting conversation. And then right around that time, the Momgasm Den conversation happened. And I was like, whoa, yeah. okay. I would love to dig into this. I, this timing. is equally as fascinating to me. Yeah. Um, because there's definitely been times where I have thought about your story. And I'm feeling kind of weird because we're all like, your story, your story. And I feel <laughs> like we should just like let you start the wheels about your story and then like get into it. So sure. I guess the a great starting question would be what kind of propelled you to want to reach out and talk about this? Oh, I think it, it sort of started with exactly what I just said. I, um, when I started talking about what was going on in my life, as scary and as big as that was and for my own reasons, um, I knew there were other people struggling to talk about the same thing. Mm. And so as soon as I said it and seven people came to me in private over the course of a year wow. and started the conversations with me, it was like, well, this is why I, this is why I did what I did so publicly Yeah, because it seems like it's something that needs to be normalized. There's a hunger for people to, to feel safe talking about it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think it's way more common than we realize. Mm-hmm. So what is this thing that we are talking about so <laughs> sneakily, mysteriously. so mysteriously? <laughs> well, I think probably the most frank way to say it is I was married uh, to a male partner for 10 years and then realized I was gay and came out to him. 
And this was pretty recently, right? Yeah. So <clears throat> I came out publicly to my family and friends last November. I did it in a social media post. I remember that social media post. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. Yeah. Dang. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Rip the bandaid off. I wish off. everyone could see Sarah's face right now. <laughs> <laughs> it's, that's a good face. Damn. Yeah, face. All right. Uh, so the conversation between Isaac and I it started. Isaac is my partner or my previous partner. Um, had started many, many years before that. It was sort of a realization of maybe not being straight to quickly realizing that I was bisexual to quickly realizing that bisexual did not mean 50-50 in Mm. terms of division. Um, And then last January and even before that, I had sort of approached him and said, I really think we need to talk about this. Um, I, I think I might be gay. And so he and I took from January until November when I made that public post to ensure that we had support systems in place, that we had had all the conversations about what our 10 years together had looked like, did the therapy thing, and then finally came out to everyone else. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That's incredible. So from January to to November, so almost a year of like talking this through and, you know, kind of like processing this decision. Yeah. That's incredible that you, that you gave yourself that amount of time because I feel like for a lot of people who are ending a relationship, it's not a drawn out process. It might be, you know, it might be a drawn out process after the fact, but I feel like the, the kind of, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? I can't think of the word I'm looking for, but like not the main way like to just dis- like from the decision point to yeah like from the decision point to like the actual action of like okay we're done is pretty like small amount of time Mm -hmm. but for you guys to just be like no we're gonna like consciously uncouple yeah like that that is very interesting to me and it's not I've heard of other people doing this like conscious uncoupling and um I've always been interested in like how what that looks like Mm -hmm. and when I first heard your story my I was like visualizing what that conversation would have looked like between you and your partner Isaac of like you saying okay we need to sit down we need to talk about this what was his reaction when you came forward with that I feel like you're gonna love and appreciate this because (laughs) uh Isaac is remains to this day the most phenomenal person that I personally know he's my favorite human alive and that has not changed a single bit Uh, But we were actually driving in a car and I was coming around a rotary and I said, you know, that conversation that we were going to have. I was like, I think I might be gay. And he turned to me and he gave this kind of sympathetic laugh (laughs) and he said, Haley, I know (laughs) that was his reaction. That was it. It was that simple. What? Yeah. I have chills. I'm crying. It's fine. It's fine. What? (laughs) I just, it's so funny because it's like for the amount of years that I've known you, like I remember being in the van that day Mm -hmm. talking about Isaac. And like, I think at the time the two of you were kind of on a split or feeling things out and it was kind of this discovery process for both of you. And I, I like, I just have lived vicariously through stories of Isaac and I have so much like love (laughs) and appreciation for Isaac just from all of the beautiful stories that I have heard and all of his amazing reactions and just being like he sounds like the most down-to-earth like 
kind-hearted lead with your heart human that I have yeah. ever heard. But you are also one of those people. So and the amount of emotional growth that he's gone through in our 10 years together and the active conscious work that he's put in to be that human cannot be understated to any degree. Mm. So I mean, I think that helped. We were also I think the uh, the thing that probably set us apart a little bit was that we were polyamorous at that time. And so the need for conscious uncoupling, it wasn't like we weren't prepared or even open to welcoming other partners. Mm. <clears throat> it was just the separation from being each other's primary partner mm. really mm. required a lot of work. Mm. 10 years is a, a long time. Mm-hmm. And that's a big change. It's a huge change. Yeah. And it was one that uh, I think our most common reaction has to this day been poor Isaac. People really feel like the decision was mine and not his. Mm. And that's a that's been a point of discomfort for both of us. Mm-hmm. Um, because it's something that he has supported uh, pretty unequivocally throughout. Um, but yeah, that was that was how it happened. Hey, why I know. <laughs> why do you think that people are having this reaction of poor Isaac? Like, I really think that it's just it feels like it was my decision to end the relationship and not mm. his. I know there's a lot of stigma around feelings could still be there. Mm. complicated mm-hmm. you know I, it was my choice to step back from the relationship and not his but um that's why the the year of work of uncoupling really i think made the difference for us mm. and wow. we, we both acknowledged at this point that even if we had even if i had not come out um we both have agreed on the fact that long term the compatibility may not have even been there and we may have gone our separate ways or at least found other primary partners aside from this mm-hmm. yeah so back to polyamory for a minute because <laughs> i can't not talk about it yeah it fascinates the ever-loving shit out of me yeah um was that kind of a decision that the two of you not necessarily a decision but something that the two of you explored when you were starting to uncover more about your own sexuality yeah right. it was yeah I don't want to say it was a catalyst. I don't even want to say it was a vessel for that. Um, because really, polyamory to me, whether you're practicing it or you're doing it in theory, is just a really great way of addressing all of the times that you come up against walls when you're trying to compromise with another person. Mm. And so for us, it was such a valuable thing to do, whether or not we were introducing other people to our relationship. We did it because we knew that we had walls and boundaries and things to explore together and apart <laughs> oh, i love that so much so much <laughs> we've we've had um i've talked about this on the show before but we've had the the non-monogamy versus polyarmy conversation mm. many many times and we've talked about the potential of opening up a relationship and what that might look like and whether or not it's the right fit or the right fit for now and and it's been like even just making room for that being a part of the conversation has been so healing Mm -hmm. in ways that I don't think I can adequately put words to like just even being able to like have someone hold space for you in the excitement of what it might be like to have a a first date for the the first time in fucking ever literally ever or um like even talking out feelings of potential jealousy or where they're coming from and and like also the excitement <clears throat> at the idea of 
your partner experiencing joy with others like it there's just so much about it that it's enriched our relationship in so many ways and we have not explored it physically at all Mm. yet you know what the theory that's what i mean the theory is just as important as the practice Mm. jealousy was a big one for us um and it's always been a really interesting conversation that that's the first thing that other people bring up is how did you feel or how would you feel if Isaac had another partner? And I always bring up my favorite example is that um, I think Lindsay, this is something you and I had talked about when we initially met, but I had so many dietary restrictions and so many food things. I don't like going out to restaurants and Isaac loves going to restaurants. It's the one thing that we can't successfully do together without a lot of frustration Um, and so at one point in his university timeline, he met this person that he really, they, they love going to restaurants, probably about the same amount and they have the same taste in food. And I was like, go to restaurants with her, like go eat your food. There's no one going to be arguing about the menu or, you know, like you're just going to have a great time together. I don't feel like less of a person because I can't do this with you, Mm. but you're also getting to experience your full joy Mm -hmm. at this restaurant with somebody you know is enjoying it with you. Mm -hmm. And I feel that way about a lot of aspects of polyamory Mm. where it's like, you're not, you're not compromising. You can, there are lots of things that you can learn to love that your partner enjoys, or you can experience because you want to know what they're feeling when they experience it. But there are also lots of ways that you can let them appreciate those things with somebody else. I feel like kink would play into this conversation in a really big way, Mm. especially if you're somebody that's coming into a relationship where you kink is something that is vital for you. And maybe you are entering into a relationship with somebody where it's like, that's not on the table at all. They're Mm. still interested in you. They still want to have great sex with you. They still have great sex with you, but that is not something that can be met by this person. So like, why not go find somebody that you can revel in that with? Because you know you're not getting it from your primary partner or whoever this other person yeah. is. So it's like, what? Like, And it doesn't diminish the light at all with your no. primary partner. It's just getting to experience it with someone else that appreciates it just as much. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway, that's always my favorite example of, mm. and I feel like it's applicable to so many things. Yeah. Absolutely. So when when this happened, this this restaurant gate happened, which was also <laughs> which I should also say <laughs> restaurant gate, new podcast title. Wow. <laughs> um, it was platonic in every way, ah. but we also kind of brought that into that was part of the conversation too. Is like it doesn't necessarily have to be in a romantic context. Yeah. yeah. To experience the benefits of polyamory, you're just kind of breaking down the insecurities that root the jealousy mm-hmm. you know yep absolutely I, I completely agree and like uh there's been uh this like upswing of information coming out um about platonic relationships mm-hmm. uh, especially between women and and between men but the things that i've been reading are about between women and there's one person who we, we interviewed in the past, Kat Nance, and she talks a lot about this, like, um, I don't know if there's a term that she has for it, but it's basically about putting the same amount of effort you put into your your romantic relationship, put that same amount of effort into your platonic relationships yeah. and, like, really care for them and really nurture them. And that idea, when I first heard it, I was like, fuck, this is kind of hard pill to swallow. And, like, yeah, I want to put that much effort. Like, I want to care for my friends, but... Ooh, I don't know about this, but then thinking about, you know, 
thinking about it in terms of like if you are consciously the two of you in a relationship deciding that you're not only going to care for each other you're going to care about your friends that does I think like lessen the the blow of jealousy that I think every couple experiences Mm -hmm. whether or not they're in a polyamorous relationship or what I think everyone will experience it and like I definitely know like early on in my relationship with my partner there was jealousy on his part when I would go and hang out with my friends and it was always like dude like no I care about these people I'm an independent person and I want to be able to give that amount of affection to other people but like thinking about it you know in terms of like if we are practicing this and like engaging with our friends like this then you know perhaps that will in some way levy this like this this onslaught of jealousy or this you know the the tiger that is jealousy because I feel like it can just spring up out of nowhere and I think <laughs> sorry my dog's literally like losing teeth over here I'll be losing teeth <laughs> seriously she was like struggling to try and like chew it and eat it I'm like that's your tooth maybe she was trying to put it back in Oh, maybe I just chew on it the right way. It'll just e stick back in my mouth. Gross. I'm so sorry. I like totally detracted from a great conversation that's there, friends. Cool. But I was. That's okay. It was, was some loud emergency. Over there. <laughs> there was concern. There was, there was an extraction yeah. happening. But yeah. Anyway, I'm just I'm I am really interested in this idea of of this this idea of like putting in this much effort into platonic relationships mm-hmm. and like in that case of like you saying listen I can't give this to you but go and enjoy it go and enjoy it with other people like why can't we do that more just because we are in a relationship with one person it doesn't mean that we can't then enjoy different aspects of ourselves with other people yeah. we don't have to save all of ourselves for one person right that's exhausting it is exhausting to think about being like the only the receiver is what i'm feeling fucking person yeah like it like giving doesn't feel like it's a lot to do but to like receive all of my partner for him to expect me to receive all of him i'm like no dude there's other people who receive awesome parts of you and will give you things that i can't give you like there's definitely some stuff that i want to receive i want to be the receiver and like your dick <laughs> i knew that would get her i saw her thinking and i'm like just put the dick in there well it's so funny because it's it's like the more that we're talking about this like the more that i realize that that is a lot of my existing relationship like being married to a hardcore introvert who is now working from home but typically works in an office where Not necessarily his pick of the litter in in folks that he would like to develop relationships with. Not that he doesn't like the people that he works with, but just not necessarily mm. 100% jive with, with him. And so he's always kind of been a bit of a lone wolf mm. for as long as I can remember outside of like his his key friends in high school that have now drifted away and it's it's oftentimes I am that only person Mm. and although like I do love it in some ways there is part of me that will feel jealousy in a different way like jealousy that I'm going out all of the time and I'm going and doing these things with friends or um, having meals out or going to sanctuary or etc 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 and then I'm like it's nice to always come home to him, but then part of me is like, but why don't you 
want to go anywhere? Why don't you want to go do the things? Like, and I feel like the more people you spend time around, the more different parts of your personality of who you are come out. Yeah. And it's really nice to develop a sense of self sometimes through the way that you interact with other humans. Yeah. And yeah. polyamory is a really great way, again, even just in theory, mm. of seeing those sides of yourself. So how long were you in a polyam polyamorous relationship with Isaac? So Isaac and I started talking about polyamory four years before our relationship sort of ended. Okay. As as we know it. <laughs> The context changed. I always like using the context changed mm. because, of course, we're no longer romantically involved, but I don't think it detracted from any of the love and respect we feel from each other. Mm. And so <laughs> in that. so many ways, we're still so deeply tied together. Mm. Um, but uh, yeah, four years, really. Um, and I was decidedly the one that initiated it because <laughs> of a specific person. Yes! <laughs> Um, and so I was the one that primarily explored polyamory in practice and he took a little bit more time to do, and this is very indicative of our personalities. He took time to do research and yeah. read a lot of Esther Perel and like <laughs> he did, he did a lot of the podcasting and like really talked through some of the things that he wanted to address before bringing anyone else into it. Mm. And so now he actively practices polyamory on his own That's and I'm awesome. so, so proud of him. That's awesome. That is awesome. Yeah. Because yeah. there was obviously a question of whether we would both continue to do that once we were separate humans. And I have chosen the road of monogamy. I feel confident in my ability to be in a polyamorous relationship if it ever came up again. But I really find a lot of comfort in monogamy. Yeah. Mm. Um, and he has decided that polyamory is for him. And I think it wow. suits it suits him really well. Wow. He's worked so hard on his communication style that, mm. yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. I love that. <laughs> I love that right. there was like a process of like research and like yeah. kind of processing it, you know, like integrating it in and like feeling it out and be like, how would this look? How would this feel? Yeah. Because when I think of like someone making the decision to be in a polyamorous relationship, for me, it's like, I envisioned this like couple who's just like, yeah, let's just fuck a bunch of people. It's going to be great. <laughs> yeah. See, I'm the opposite. I'm like, sit your ass down. Talk about it. Right? Like I envisioned like a couple at a party and it's just like, let's just do it. Let's just, let's just have sex and let's just make this a thing. But I, but that's unrealistic. That's like a, that's an illusion. That's, you know, like a fantasy. And I think in reality, there is a lot of conversations that have, yeah. have to have to happen around this. Like, you know, I think that we all just assume that relationships are like one way. And f in order mm, to be yeah. in the relationship, you kind of already know what to do. You know, you yeah. have all the tools. You don't have to talk about it. It's just super easy. You just show up. You have sex. You kiss. You tell each other you love each other. You have babies. You do that stuff. You go down this very narrow route. But then I feel like now we're all finding out that there's so many different routes to be in a relationship and we're all interested, but because we're also comfortable and feel like branching away from this little narrow route is, is, um, not accepted. It's, it's shameful. Uh, there's no one else doing it. Mm -hmm. We're not, we're not, uh, we're not talking about it enough or are we, maybe we are, maybe I'm just not in the conversations. I don't know. <laughs> but I think that's partially what fueled why we took so long to come out to everybody because 
I at least, I can't speak for Isaac here, um, but I at least acknowledge the emotional labor it was going to be yeah. to try and explain it to everybody. And so I think the security of us feeling really good about where we were at as two people um, definitely was behind the reason of waiting so long, that mm. January to November period, and working through any potential conversations and making sure we were on the same page about a lot of those things. And even just talking about the future, like, would we continue to live together? Would mm. we... Would we continue to spend time together outside of a marriage? Do you live together still? Yeah. So he's actually moving in December. <gasps> Is he? But we moved into a two-bedroom apartment together built to try a climbing and wall. again. Yes, we did. Yeah, that's great. You fuck. built a climbing yeah, wall, we did. <laughs> like a rock climbing wall. Yeah. Whoa, that's yeah. so cool. That's it's pretty really cool. Great. Can I come <laughs> over and play? Yes. I was going to say, what did you call it? it? You called it something clever. Oh, it's silly. So we both climb a lot at Seven Bays Bouldering, but we called it One Bays because it's yes. just a single wall. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome very cute yeah uh, but he moves out we so once this decision happened we were living in a really beautiful one-bedroom apartment and the next step felt like to sort of start pulling apart the physical lives mm. and so we moved into a two-bedroom and that was less than a year ago and he's moving in december into his own place wild yeah how do you feel about that oh this has been a big conversation so we've had like the funny side of things where we're half jokingly arguing over who's gonna get the really nice cutting board we got from our wedding <laughs> i'm You're still it. oh yeah i'm getting <laughs> thank you Lindsay. You're i know welcome. this <laughs> so there's the obvious like the emotional pull of separating of assets yeah like all these things that we've collected together and also a really funny pattern that's emerging so I've focused pretty heavily on nesting into the space a certain way so i contributed a lot to art and furniture and those types of things and he spent a lot of time in the kitchen cooking. And so most of the kitchen tools are his. And mm. so we're realizing there's a huge disparity between if we just took the things that we bought, mm. we're both coming up short. Yeah. And so it's been a lot of conversations lately about how to fairly divide things so that we both feel like we can move forward with a home. How is um, that? How, how have those conversations been going? So smoothly. And I think Jesus. That's wow. Years, guys, it's years and years of <laughs> it's years. Wow. Years of practice. Wow. And these things seem like really small potatoes in comparison oh, to other things we've shared. Yeah. Definitely <laughs> small potatoes. Absolutely. Yeah. But I mean, there's still, there's, there, there is obviously always room for disagreements, but that's the, awesome that the it's cutting been going board so smooth. Is, the cutting board. The cutting board. <laughs> that's, that's where, when you, that's okay. A, that's a breaking what point. What the fuck is but this cutting board made out of? It's like diamonds. But this is when we, you know. <laughs> if we can't agree on who gets it, then we gift it to somebody else. Oh. That's it. Good we, one. No, we can't. <laughs> I was going to say, I was like, no, I wouldn't I'll do that. I'll give it back to you. Shh. Oh my God. Lindsay's going to get the cutting board. <laughs> yeah. You schemer, Lindsay. And then Christmas. This is why we're friends. Right? <laughs> yeah. Perfect. That's where my brain goes. You're going to see this cutting board and be like, oh, fuck that. <laughs> I'm like, ah, uh, bitch, you can come over for charcuterie. It's mine now. <laughs> um, but we have like... We adopted three cats together and the car is under both of our names oh, and shit, like all car, these yeah. little, you know, all these little things that seem um, almost mindless at the time to share mm. with somebody. But then you realize as you're, as you're separating or going your yeah. own ways, it gets slightly more complicated. Especially mm. animals yeah. and, and like kids. Kids. Because that's like, I yeah. know for, um, in thinking about like the conversation that was sparked in the mom gasm den the facebook community mm. the 
one of the, in, a few of the individuals that were having this conversation, um, which fuck yes, we're having the conversation. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. makes my heart happy that those kind of conversations are happening, but these folks have kids in the mix as well. And so it's, it's really interesting, um, to start hearing the different ways that people are maybe coming to the decision to uncouple, whether it's for, um, a deeper understanding of your sexuality mm-hmm. or um, something else entirely and seeing how that can play out in so many different ways. So mm-hmm. people choosing to live together, but separate and still be under the same roof, which you, you folks did for a while. And then maybe it is the difference of, of going the route of different houses and yeah. swapping kids and cats cats <laughs> what's happening with the cats the cats are staying with me yes <laughs> no <laughs> in case anyone was curious <laughs> i was i was very curious <laughs> yeah. But yeah uh yeah that's that's awesome that the conversations have been going really well because like there's so much room for disagreement in there of like who gets what and like dividing the like what what's gonna happen with the car and so on and so forth and can i just say that like this is really awesome that we are having this conversation right now because I know that so many people are in this predicament and they're like, what the fuck do I do? Where do we go from here? Like, how do I even start to uncouple? How do we, especially if kids are involved, like how do we even begin the conversations of, of, of who gets what, you know, I know Mm -hmm. there's so many people who are, who just stay in relationship because that's too overwhelming. I also think we associate the word divorce with messy. Yeah. And it's not, it's not to say that mindset changes everything, but I just think we've been fed a narrative that yeah. if you're going to separate from somebody that you have to cut them out of your lives in a really specific way. Yeah. yeah. And that's not necessarily true. I mean, if you've spent 10 years building up a, a relationship with somebody and you're separating for reasons like your sexuality coming out as queer or whatever your perfectly valid reason is to take a step back from that relationship, I just, I think it's completely valid to explore the idea at least of remaining in contact with that person or in close yeah. contact or yeah. seeing what sort of relationship can come out of it instead. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think like it, we've talked about smashing narratives and things for a long time in this show and this like polyamory versus monogamy is another one that is like the more that we make room to ha- have these conversations about what these different scenarios can look like yeah and that there can be joy involved and that there can be adult <laughs> navigating of feelings and assets yeah it it makes things feel a lot less scary and it's i mean it goes back to the conversation of that kind of initially started this show which is like not feeling alone mm-hmm. in things yeah. anymore like once there's been at least another voice out there who's echoing an experience that you're either living through or even feeling remotely close to Mm -hmm. it helps like wake you up in a way that you're like whoa somebody else on this plane knows what I'm feeling yeah and with that I can now put words to what I'm feeling and actually take steps forward and see all of the different things that are out there for where my life might take me if I make this choice Mm -hmm. yeah And I don't want to paint the whole picture as pretty because obviously there have been a ton of bumps in the road. And the whole thing that sparked this was a year of really gut-wrenching anxiety 
even just walking down the street with Isaac as my partner holding my hand, I felt like I was lying to Mm. everybody. Mm. It felt so strange to be holding the hand of a person that didn't feel like somebody that it didn't feel very true to to who I was. That's such a cheesy way of phrasing it. But it's I mean, I think it's probably the the best way that I can phrase it. I felt like I was lying to people holding the hands of like a, a cis man. A, a cis man a straight man is this before you decided to split up yeah this was before i'd come out uh. to him yeah and that's something that the people again the aforementioned seven people that have come mm. out to me in private um that that was a common thread for us was that everyone seems to experience the same type and level of anxiety when mm. they're seen in public with their partner as they start to realize that this is something that they're questioning mm. yeah so when you what what why did you decide to to choose polyamory was it because you were questioning your sexuality at the time yeah and I had uh met and fallen pretty hard for somebody that was polyamorous is to this day polyamorous um and she (laughs) Lindsay's eyebrow raise (laughs) it's me jokes no (laughs) plot twist yeah 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 Sorry, I had to. My mind would just go. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute, what? Yeah. Surprise, everybody. What happened back in 2013, girls? <laughs> hey. Oh, my God. Best. So sorry for derailing that moment. No, but it's worth it. <laughs> I'm glad. Um, <laughs> so this person uh, that I ended up having feelings for sort of introduced us to the world of polyamory in a way that um, I feel really grateful to have passed on the experience that we had because I know a lot of people encounter it and it's not necessarily a positive experience or yep. mm. the person on the other side of it isn't able to answer questions. But um, mm. yeah, we that was sort of what sparked it. Um, and then this person and I are actually still incredibly close friends. And so it's been nice for us to watch the journey. Uh, or she's she's been really helpful, I guess, all along the way in continuing to propel conversations about what polyamory looks like long term Mm. because if you're going to start and you want to continue it does have to be an ongoing conversation Mm -hmm. it's not something you can get comfortable in yeah and (laughs) i I mean like i think the same can be true for any relationship that's something that i'm discovering about my relationship with my partner which is a monogamous relationship Mm -hmm. but we're discovering that it's not something that you can just take for granted and get comfortable in like it Mm -hmm. is a any relationship that you have requires attention. It requires care. It requires nurturing. And especially if it's more than one person, I mean, it just increases, which has always made me not want to do it. This is literally one of the reasons that we've not moved forward in non-monogamy or polyamory is because both of us, Jeff specifically is not interested in polyamory. He's like, I don't think I have the capacity. It's always what I say to give in the same way that yeah. I want to give to more mm-hmm. than one person. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I respect that. That's like for sure. He's like fucking other people though. That I can get it behind. I'm like, we're all right. See, right. I'm the opposite. I feel like I would not be able to have the capacity to fuck other people. Cause that is a, that's a whole other little pot for me. It's a big pot for me. <laughs> it's, it's interesting that you say that because it's like one of the barriers for me that I always come up against is I identify as demisexual. Mm. And so for me to actually have a sexual attraction 
towards someone in a capacity that I would actually follow through, I have to connect to them emotionally. Like I have to have that relationship kind of connection where it's like I feel into you and I can feel you feeling into me before anything physical ever happens. And so it's infuriating in some ways because I, although I am demisexual, I'm a hypersexual person, which is sometimes odd. So it's like I want the sex I want the touching I want the things but it's like as far as like finding another person Mm. that fucking like unicorn (laughs) would be out there it's so it seems so unlikely of a possibility given like the current reality that is my life of two kids and like Mm. committed man and Mm -hmm. so it's like I would have to be doing it from this polyamorous place because I I wouldn't get up I love it because I wouldn't be able to just I don't think anyway go and have casual sex with casual people because it's I don't it wouldn't fulfill me in the way that I need to be fulfilled in order to drop my pants ditto Mm. so Haley do you think that if you didn't have your friend kind of like open up that pathway of polyamory do you think you would have ventured into it eventually I would love to say yes but I don't think so Mm. Uh, I think the conversation again like polyamory has become such a popular topic of conversation Um, but I don't think it would have occurred to me in the same way because she appeared and she talked about it in a way that made it seem really accessible Mm. yeah not uncomplicated but accessible yeah Mm. Um, Hmm. and just watching her live it real time practice it real time share her feelings about it real time was uh, eye-opening in a way that I think hearing a stranger talk about it wouldn't have been. Yeah, Mm -hmm. absolutely. Yeah, and I think that would, you know, having someone to talk to about something that Mm -hmm. would provide, would give you anxiety or maybe you're fearful of trying or maybe it just seems inaccessible to you. Having someone there as a guide or even just a mirror or just like whatever, um, is beneficial in so many so many freaking different ways you know like there have been many conversations throughout our journey of momgasm between you and I and between us and other people that have really opened up stuff for both of us and made them accessible yep. and have totally shifted my um uh what's the word my outlook outlook yeah my like propulsion like forward momentum yeah okay the word's not <laughs> your coming. trajectory trajectory yeah buddy i got you <laughs> you got me my trajectory it totally shifted it i'm so happy sitting in the middle of this energy right now <laughs> wish i could share that with everyone <laughs> it happens a lot we both look at each other we're like the word's god can you help me please <laughs> like, i got you i got, got you so yeah that's awesome that you found her that you, that she was able to yeah. to open that pathway for you which mm. did eventually change your entire trajectory yeah because before that were you you were married to Isaac yeah so uh I actually met her the year I married Isaac oh no way oh yeah this oh, is a yeah. spicy little story I love spice <laughs> oh yes way <laughs> <laughs> going valley girl this <laughs> oh, my God. oh say what me more yeah there we go <laughs> give me give me more oh, give me more yeah. <laughs> it's 
Sarah's wiping tears from her eyes. For those of you that can't see what's happening. I always love it when Brittany comes up in conversations. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, do tell. Do share. Well, I think the, the Coles Notes version of this whole story is that I met Isaac my first year of university. Uh, uh, and considered myself to be <laughs> go ahead <laughs> no, I realized that sounded weird oh. I almost just pissed my pants <laughs> you were babies <laughs> little babes Aww. so innocent <laughs> who would have known not that innocent <laughs> bringing Brittany back oh god Brittany <laughs> I shouldn't say it like that. I like Brittany. Um, yeah. That was believable. <laughs> so you were babies? We were babies. Sorry. So we met the first year of university and pretty quickly started dating. Um, and throughout university, there were some parties that we were at where it was pretty common practice for girls to make out with each other and fool around a little and it felt pretty performative in a lot of cases. Yeah. And then I remember being involved in a few specific instances where I felt something shifting. Mm. I was like, oh, this is not for anybody else who's watching. This is not for the sake of doing or being curious. This like this feels right. Mm. Um, and so I think I came out to uh, to Isaac as bisexual pretty quickly like within the first two years of us being together um and then like i said we traveled so we went overseas we traveled we lived in southern france for a little bit we got he proposed nice. to me in london like we had a very oh. <laughs> we've had a very romantic story <laughs> oh, yeah. it's a dreamy it's very, been like, a dreamy novel. 10 years <laughs> oh yeah kind of moment <laughs> yeah it's been a beautiful life Didn't um, he, like, get your ring custom made so I had this apple. Okay. Are the listeners ready? I had so this, ready. I had this apple tree in my yard growing up. It's my favorite tree. I used to sit in it and read uh, every day. And the tree got knocked down. And before it got knocked down, Isaac uh, sneakily took a few branches from it. And he had my ring cast from one of the ba- branches of those trees. <laughs> Fucking fairy tale <laughs> moment. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. That is so romantic. Okay, why is there a ghost in here now? I mean, I know it's October. My mind is blown. <laughs> so you're never getting rid of that ring? No, never. Never. No. Holy crap. Yeah. Isaac. It's the it's Wow. This is why I'm saying I I I'm like I grew up listening to stories about Isaac. <laughs> <laughs> for the last eight years <laughs> yeah wow holy crap that's amazing so yeah you guys have had a bit of a bit of a love story we've had a love story absolutely no. uh and then we got married that year we met um the person who introduced us to polyamory and sort of the everything started changing from there yeah um <clears throat> and that's led us to the last year wow yeah it's been quite a, it's been a wild ride. 
<laughs> wow, wow, wow. So what did it look like when you initiated the like the 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 conscious uncoupling? And then you did you go into therapy right away? Did you guys take a little bit of time to like really digest it or like no, what did it look like? Took a little bit of time, digested it. It was mostly conversations between us. Yeah. It was a lot of talking about not tr- not trying to preempt but trying to sort out what it might actually feel like without doing mm. moving apart and getting into serious relationships with other people, yeah. what our families would think, how they would react. Mm. Um, and I think a little bit of selfishly clinging to the normalcy that we had yeah. created. Mm. It's really hard to let go of. I, Isaac and I had a really solid support group of friends, but they knew us as Haley and Isaac and they mm. knew us as the couple that we were. And so holding on to that for a few more minutes felt really good and safe for for the time being because once you say the words Haley's gay or I'm gay, yeah. they really can't swallow those again. Yeah. There's no. no like just kidding, change my mind. Isaac and I are getting back together. I mean, I'm sure there's some universe or there's some reality where we could do that. Mm. But we knew at that point that that was not going to be the case for us. Mm-hmm. Um and so a lot of that time was just us trying to sort out how we were going to tackle all the various conversations with other yeah. people trying to sort out what the next steps look like and I mean it seems like a long time but those months went by pretty quickly yeah (laughs) like even trying to find apartments took months yeah you know trying to figure out how to uh, between us both working full-time having social lives (laughs) um I do wedding photography so photographing weddings and being away for weekends at a time like that that span of months just went by so quickly Hmm. um but it was really, it was really just the two of us making a lot of time for each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Speaking of like family and close friends, what was yeah. the reception mm-hmm. like as far as mm-hmm. this information hitting their ears or their faces via your lovely post? So there's a reason like, that I did that. I called, we both called our parents to tell them in person or not in person, but over the phone. Mm. Um, And I let my two closest cousins know. I'm really, really close with them. And we collectively as a couple spent a lot of time with them. Mm. And so I think as a matter of respect, Mm. it felt really cool to, for them to find out about a separation over Facebook. Um, but for everybody else, a lot of people, I feel so lucky and so privileged to Mm. have had such a positive response to what happened. Good. Um, but I, do come from a pretty small-minded Catholic town Mm. and I think if I hadn't been raised in that space I probably would have figured this out before I had gotten into relationships with men (laughs) yeah yep (laughs) you know uh and so it's it was interesting I think everybody was very at least well-meaning in their responses Mm. aren't they always though aren't they always what was the post so I put on Facebook um that Isaac and I that I had become increasingly aware of a change in my perception about my own sexuality and that it had come to the realization that I was gay and that Isaac and I would be moving forward into relationships with other people, but with a lot of love and respect for one another. Wow. And so any questions, <laughs> like, you know, like that was kind yeah, of, the it was pretty like short, sweet to the point, just like this, 
I'm gay. We're going to be seeing other people now. Don't be surprised if you see us on the street or out and about with others. Like it was kind of just like a hey heads up just so you're in the loop. Whoa. (laughs) I got like lightheaded just thinking about like the amount of of like emotional energy that you just put into that post of like not only are you saying are you declaring publicly that you've ended a relationship with your partner that other people you know pretty much all of your friends would have known you as being with Isaac but yeah. at the same time you're also declaring that you're gay like you're just like one and done here we go you get the full package <laughs> like so I think the I the thing that preempted that was uh not wanting to after having gone through all of those stressful changes in the year and dealing with anxiety um not wanting to to have to handle the individual emotional labor of every single reaction Mm. because like i said our support network we're super lucky goes far and wide and we've got really great friends and really great family but having to talk to all of them individually exhausting and also it i would prefer to let people sort of think about it on their own like here, yeah. take this information, absorb it, yeah. have whatever reaction I don't want to see. Yeah, absolutely. Think about it and then come back and we'll talk. Yeah, it's like feel your feelings of like initial shock reaction first behind closed doors. Yeah. And then when you've like simmered down and gotten back into your heart, then let's sit down and you can ask then me the we questions. Then we can talk about it. And it actually ended up being a really great strategy. That's I had, awesome. a, I think we had more productive conversations with people once they'd had their own time to think about it. Yeah. Yeah. To say whatever shit they want to say behind closed doors, right? Like all of that ignorant vomit that comes out without even thinking about it. And then you pass the vomit and then some folks, not everyone, some, some folks. Yeah. Thankfully, lots more these days, it feels Mm -hmm. can, can like, it's almost like you pull some of the vomit back into yourself and you're like, ugh, where did this come from? What's under this? Mm-hmm. How do I actually feel? What does this actually change in my life? Oh, nothing. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Same person. Yeah. Same people. So have you guys had to make like new boundaries for your relationship, for this new relationship? Yeah, yeah? absolutely. Yeah, it's been funny. I mean, I think we've both had like lightning bolt moments. No mm. conversations could have prepared us for the first time seeing a really intimate moment with new partners in our living space like them cooking together at the stove and oh god you know like the the look that he gives the person or yeah or making plans to spend holidays with other people you know i remember the first time so the one thing that isaac and i always did together and did really well was grocery shopping that was like our so dorky that was our thing we love that that's your thing love cooking and love grocery shopping and I remember the first time I said, do you want to go get groceries? And he said, no, I'm doing it with my partner. And I was like, oh, right. That's not a, I mean, it's so simple. It's so, it's not a sinister thing by any means. No. Yeah. But it's something that y- we don't do together anymore. Man. And so it's been sort of like a little bit of mm-hmm. not cutting the strings, but sort of lengthening them and mm. handing them to somebody else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. that's a good way of putting that it's it's yeah there's no you're just handing things over yeah you're like giving back the reins and letting the person develop into whatever is next for them yeah 
exactly but you look down at the ball of yarn and you're like this is one giant fucking knot <laughs> like we really gotta untangle yeah you know just so many things to to parse through um but yeah we've had a lot of uh, the new boundaries have been relatively easy to set good um i mean it's such a funny experience when sexual intimacy is off the table yeah mm. yeah mm-hmm. that really i think that really changes things we've had lots of really honest conversations about you know even just realizing that our attraction to each other physically is gone and yeah you know yeah yeah so did the sexual intimacy did that like was that immediately off the table when you yeah. said in the car i'm it was yeah, yeah yeah it was damn yeah and how did how did he handle that uh, I remember we had this really tearful conversation in the kitchen. I might cry. Heads up. That's okay. Um, uh, where I said that it took me so long to come out to him because I wasn't sure if he'd want to still be friends or be anything mm. in my life if we took sex off the table. And he cried. And he said, I wish that I told you so much sooner that that wasn't, that wasn't the driving force behind any of this. <laughs> I feel like, but like, even in you saying that, I feel like there are so many folks in a committed long-term relationship that also just need to hear that from their partner. Yeah. Especially like if I like hearken back to fucking freshly postpartum days and like navigating life with kids and all of the change that comes with that sexually. Like if, if thankfully we did have that conversation, um, but I feel like there's so many that don't have that conversation or don't end up having it until you're actually living your fear of it being off the table. And then you have to come at it from this like place of desperation. Yeah. This like feels your this whole conversation in the last like half hour has been like really starting to <coughs> get into my heart center. Um, oh, last, last year uh, between October and uh January or February Ollie and I had actually split me and my partner we had split up uh he was sleeping in a different part of the house we had no idea um if there was a future for the two of us Mm -hmm. all we knew is that we needed to to separate and for a period of about six months we had no partnered sex and that was the first time in our relationship that we had taken sex completely off the table. Mm. And when I had made that decision, when we both made the decision to do it, I mean, it was both of our decisions. There was something that was extremely terrifying and it was extremely empowering to just look at my partner as him, nothing else, no romance, Mm. no sex, no nothing just to look at him as another human being who has a bunch of shit that he's going through and same with me and hearing what you just said about you know you having that tearful moment with him about like I wasn't sure if we're gonna be friends if we took it off the table I had so many moments over the years of wanting to take sex completely off the table because I had recognized within myself that I had um, lots of trauma that I had to work through but I felt that if I was to ask him to take sex off the table, I would be worthless. That mm-hmm. I would lose, mm-hmm. I would be giving up some sense of our, our relationship and that he would 
he we would grow apart and so on and so forth and sure enough here we went six months without it and me and my partner Oliver and I'm proud to say this we're in the healthiest phase the healthiest part of our relationship we've ever been in the last 13 years of being together it's incredible it is and and I think that a lot of us, because when I, I had actually done a momgasm live in the den in the middle of this six months of no partner sex, and a lot of women had messaged me after thanking me for talking about it, mm. thanking me for bringing this to light because so many of them want to do the same. So many of them just yeah. want to breathe. They just want to be seen as a human being and no longer want to feel that 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 responsibility of of sexual intimacy because i feel like when you're in a long-term relationship and um you're going through something you are uh healing yourself healing whatever that might look like uncovering your sexual identity uncovering the sexual identity exploring sexuality had a baby have a baby sometimes it can be extremely rewarding and extremely valuable and powerful to just decide together that we are going to take this off the table because there's yeah. other things that we need to live through that we need to experience and for you to be able to do that with him and have him you know reciprocate to you to say you don't have to worry about that like i love you you're my friend you know that we need to hear more stories of that because yeah. i think a lot of people are afraid to take it off the table oh my god yeah especially like if you think if you think of the fucking shitstorm of media messaging that we live in and the constant perpetuated narrative that especially female bodies are only good for providing pleasure to a male identifying partner like that is the narrative that so many of us are fed and then it's this belief that like any good relationship is built on the backbone of that yeah and that is your foundation when i'm like no foundation of any good relationship is like my sexual and self relationship first with me mm-hmm. and then my emotional relationship with my partner the safety that i have with my partner the ability to have open trust and communication and mm-hmm. sex works its way into that like those things are the foundation for our sexual relationship mm-hmm. too yeah. and so if yeah. those things are not there if that foundation is not there then you damn right i'm going to take sex off the table because i need to reconnect to me first and then we need to build these foundations again and then from that place we can come back to it but for so many of us we've built the house backwards yeah and so yeah it can require that like taking it off the table to yeah. reconnect and do what you did sarah and then rebuild a house that is on steady foundation. And I think that's something yeah. so many folks need. Absolutely. If It's funny that you're saying house because every time <clears throat> over the past, oh shit, we're coming up on a, the year anniversary that Ollie and I split up. It was, it was October 11th. <laughs> okay. Um, so that's great. Just remember that. Um, but I think that, yeah, throughout that, that whole the year we had many times said to each other that we felt like we had to burn the house down and not just the house we had to uproot it we had to take out all of the foundation like everything and start over 
And that was in such a, it, again, terrifying, but empowering thing to do. And that's essentially what you guys have done. You've torn down the house, you've ripped up the foundation and you're saying this isn't working for us anymore, but I still love you. And you're building a completely new house. You realize together. you need a townhouse instead. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. Exactly. I also I also don't think that people believe that the house can be built afterwards, right? It's yeah. Like, yeah. And that's that's another reason for telling this story is Or the belief you only get one house. Or the belief that you only get one house. Amen. That the house has to look a certain type of way. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. House can look any way I want. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right. you about it. Yeah. You can build on an odd suite and invite someone in to live in there um this yes. is the perfect metaphor please right the perfect metaphor. right <laughs> townhouse condo <laughs> oh my god polyamory polyamory condo all right i kind of feel like that's uh that reminds me of the show um fuck, tales of the city on netflix and oh, yeah. in it. i just started watching that it's pretty great it's pretty great anyway <laughs> Oh, <laughs> motherfucker. <laughs> motherfucker. Um, but yeah, I don't remember what we were talking about before all of this. Townhouses. That's townhouses. We were, talking, we were talking about townhouses. <laughs> and polyamory condos. <laughs> I want to live in that neighborhood. I want to live in that neighborhood. Right. Yeah, the other thing that I thought of when we were talking about like taking sex completely off the table is like for a lot of us when we start a relationship especially if we start a relationship with a person who we is long term and it was when we were like younger mm-hmm. a lot of us when we begin being intimate with that person it's very performative mm-hmm. and so that performative nature of sex just like carries on throughout the relationship but then you get to a point where you're like I don't want to do this anymore and then there's like this weird phase where you're like how do we have like soul connecting sex? Like, how do we just get rid of this? I want to soul bone you. Yeah, I don't, you know, but, but there is, there is like obviously points where you want to be performative. <laughs> what did you just say? I said, Lindsay's on fire with these t-shirt ideas. I want to soul bone you. <laughs> soul bone you. Or just soul bone me. Oh, yes. <laughs> Love it. But yeah, it's, it's, you know, I think that there's many reasons for taking sex off the table, even if it's just for like however period of time you want it to be to reevaluate what you both want from each. Sorry, God, throat. <laughs> yeah, right. Gurgle. <laughs> what you both want from this relationship or what you both want from the intimacy and so on and so forth. So, Or what you don't want. What you don't I think want. that's also really important to talk about. Exactly. Because oftentimes, especially like talking about performative sex wise like sometimes and not to say that there's i did a whole post talking about performative sex and how performative sex can be fucking delightful yeah. i think it'd be fun i saw that post yeah. i shared it oh yes yes Lindsay. yes but it can be like it can be fun yeah to be in that driver's seat of being able mm-hmm. to tease somebody and like draw things out and like put on a fucking show yeah but it's when we when there's no soul in the show that you're putting on like something has gone awry. Mm-hmm. And I think performative sex can only hold up for so long. Like yeah. you're saying at the beginning of relationships, eventually you, d- I think everyone hits that wall mm-hmm. yeah. where it just can't be sustained. Absolutely. I remember what the wall felt like and I would lie awake at night being like, I wish that I could just like erase 
the last however many years and start over. Mm-hmm. Like I wish that we could just like hit a pause button and be like, whoa, I don't want you to do this anymore. I do want you to do that. And it's, thank you for saying about like, you don't, don't want to do want something. Yeah. That's really important to be explicit. Be oh, very yeah. explicit about what you don't want because you can't just assume that by saying what you do want, they're going to know what you don't want. Yeah. Yeah. You've got to say both. It's really important. So yeah, I felt really passionate about that. I could tell. Yeah. could tell. Boundaries. It's good. Boundaries. They're great. Mm-hmm. They're great. Every house needs boundaries. It's true. Yeah. Even your kids. Even your pets. Boundaries. I like, I was going back to talking about physical house building. Oh, sorry. Yeah. But yeah. Keep going with it. No. Okay. Ruined it. God. Ruined it. <laughs> Fucking ruined it. Pissed all over that. Well, is, uh, is there anything else that you wanted to share with us before we wrap up this delightful juicy episode i was gonna say that was a great conversation and i'm so glad that it was able to be had in a place where people can listen and not necessarily be in a space with other people and Mm -hmm. take their time to have their feelings yes (laughs) hopefully (laughs) no i'm just so grateful to momgasm and i said that to Lindsay. i think right from Mm -hmm. the get-go was just it it felt like a safe space before coming in Mm. and i think the work that you two are doing to have these conversations is literally changing lives whether you see it or not mm, that's what i hope ditto ditto mm. thank you for saying that and thank yeah. you for like fuck thank you for filling out our form yes thank, thank you. you for seeing through the numbers that were <laughs> actually my name <laughs> yeah i'll get i'll uh i'll fix that <laughs> but no this was so this was so this good was and i'm like i'm really looking forward to like hearing what this sparks for people and like where mm-hmm. it takes them and, and especially for those that are within our community that I know are navigating similar similar waters within yeah. their own lives. I feel like this conversation gives them hope. Yeah, and I if anybody can take anything away from this, I just think it's so important to not rush it. Take your time, have the conversations. Yeah. Don't put yourself on anyone else's timeline. Mm. <laughs> it's mm. yours. <laughs> mm-hmm. Nobody else's timeline and nobody else's expectations. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Make that Facebook post. You don't have to see everyone's face in person. <laughs> you can also delete your Facebook. It's fine. Or you can delete your or Facebook. That. Yeah. You <laughs> just go my nuclear, that's my nuclear option. <laughs> anytime, anytime I post something where I'm like, oh, I'm like, it's okay. You can just delete it. You just delete it at any to. point. Yeah. <laughs> if you have to, there's, there's, there is a new option. Love that. <laughs> well, thank you again so much for oh, doing this. Cool. This was an awesome conversation. And like Lindsay said, I know this is going to help a lot of people. Oh, and yeah. yeah, I'm just really grateful for you for coming here and opening up. So Back thank you. Yeah, I feel like I haven't done an official sign off in a long, a long, a long, a long time. <laughs> Apparently I you got this, bud. <laughs> I don't know if I fucking got this. Jesus. Believe in you. Oh, Peace, love, and a whole lot of cum. Oh, gosh. Hey, you. Yeah, you. Did you hear? There's a momgasm party happening every two weeks. That's right. Every two weeks, Lindsay and I are sitting down via Zoom and we are connecting with you, our luscious, loyal, loving listeners, in a never-before-seen way. Well, maybe that's not true. 
but it's been amazing. We have been having hilarious nights, playing games, sharing stories, and just getting real upfront and personal the best way we know how. If you want to join, head to our Patreon, where we are serving it up for only $2 a month. So what are you waiting for? Looking to spruce up your wardrobe? Get your hands on the official Momgasm merch. We've got sweaters, we've got t-shirts, we've got everything. Not really. Well, not yet. Head to link in our description. And don't forget to send us some pictures of you rocking our Momgasm swag. We love it. And don't forget to check us out on Facebook and Instagram at Momgasm Podcast. And don't forget to subscribe so you never miss a new episode. And that's it. We'll catch you next time. Mwah.